What is up, you guys? I am back and I am so, so excited to share this episode with you this week. We have the one, the only Rekno joining me on the podcast. I have been looking forward to speaking with them for such a long time and I'm so glad we could finally make it happen after their set at Soulfest, which was an absolute party. Rekno is in a lane of their own. If you've ever been to a Rekno show, you know there is no show like a Rekno show. They are so incredibly talented. They are such a light and an inspiration to so many creatives and individuals out there in general. They've played some of the biggest venues and festivals across North America, such as Bonnaroo, Electric Forest, Lollapalooza. They've received support from so many major magazines, landing a cover spread in DJ Mag North America. They've just been also nominated for Best North American Live Act for 2023 alongside acts such as Odessa and more, which is so insane and so well-deserved. Without further ado, let's just hop in, turn everything off, get ready to clock in. This is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning in to my podcast with special guest, Rekno. Hey guys, so lately I've seen a ton of larger shows I've been playing at that a lot of these festivals and venues are no longer allowing bags that are not clear. Well, guess what? Lunchbox Packs is coming in clutch again. They have just stepped up their anti-theft bags by releasing a fully clear hydration pack and snack pack. This is an absolute game changer for your summer festivals and events. Each bag is made out of TPU material that is incredibly durable, flexible, and made to not alter under extreme sun exposure over time. You also have the option to bring a skin in your bag on the way in, and once you're through that security line, you can zip on your skin for privacy of your belongings and to add some extra personalized fun flair. These hydration packs meet the majority of all festival regulations and guidelines. As always, these packs have all of the awesome anti-theft features as the original hydration and snack packs. Make sure you use code LizzieJane for $10 off any hydration pack and code LizzieJ for $5 off any snack pack. I will see you at the rave. The show today was brought to you by Vitaplur E-Boost Gum. With no pill to take or powders to mix, Vitaplur E-Boost Gum is a first-of-its-kind energy rave supplement that provides magnesium, electrolytes, and antioxidants while you chew. Vitaplur is the perfect complement to my active lifestyle, whether it's at the festival, on the road touring, or hitting the gym. Chew Vitaplur and dance with confidence. Use code LizzieJane for 10% off any order. Beep, beep, beep. Rekno, you're here. Lizzie Jane. Oh, you just killed your set at Soulfest. How did it feel? Super fucking hot, sweaty dance party. Honestly, that was fucking amazing. I, I, I love this festival. I'm totally gagged by it. I'm not going to lie. I feel like, especially with these like smaller independent festivals, you never really know how it's going to go down. You've Girl, been around the block a few times. I go, am I going to get paid? Just kidding. I knew I was going to get paid for this. But like, you know, sometimes when you're, you go to the smaller Wook festivals and you're like, I hope they have like the stage set up, you know, yeah, <laughs> you like never I, know. I hope not only they can hear me talking, but I can like also press play on the CDJs and, and you, you know, know, transition to the next song. Hoping that the equipment works and everything. So it was great. I've everything that I've, cause I was here yesterday. So I got to see like 
the boys play and smoke and all my friends. And I just was like, I knew how small this was last year because I had friends on it. And just looking at the crowd, looking at the production, and I just was like, holy shit, like this glow up in a one year? Not a normal glow up. You're like, yes. I said, who did you suck? Sorry. <laughs> it's very true. The last year, 800 people. This year, five to seven K. Like Incredible. Not normal. And they have it so well consolidated. They know the crowd that they're appealing to. They know how to book these acts. You have no conflicting scheduled times. And the vibes in the crowd are like so respectful, so nice. Everybody has their own room. You know, it's it's very rare when you see something this well put together that also has the vibes and the people to match. And it's brand new. That's insane. I just it's like uh they're catching like I know this is another festival's name, but they're catching lightning in a bottle by yep. just like this weekend. I felt it. I was like, also let's just also say like throwing in like a pool party situation and bringing that like a summer a camp really aw- it was like MTV spring break out there like that was insane <laughs> literally insane i pulled up we started unloading everything and i'm watching people go jump jump dance in the water on the rope slide on the obstacle course it's literally like 13 year old mom sends you to summer camp absolute party except now we're all adults and we're at a music festival exactly it was really fun for me because i just looked out it's like all these ripped ass dudes in their swim trunks just like yeah fucking getting it and i was like all right okay you're like we're i was like can i do a pre-recorded set and go out there right now and actually like (laughs) dance and like have fun i do you ever have that with your set like for me i'm like i wish i could be like vibing out there right now because the shit's good well i think with (laughs) you there's a huge differentiation you're kind of walking into in the next chapter of the Recno project where not only huge congratulations for being DJ nominated for DJ Mag's best live act of 2023. Can we all clap? Because that's a huge fucking accomplishment with Odessa, with Olan, with so many names that are just legends. Zero clue that I had no fucking idea was coming. And also like last year we have busted ass to bring such a different show when I perform in I'm a performer, like, at my core. So At your core. Yes. You can tell. You can and just tell. When I've got my dancers with me and I'm doing my thing on stage and the, like, honestly, it's probably maybe, like, six times now that we've gotten it on massive stages. Like, we go all in and we go hard and we work our asses off. So it was so nice to see that nomination. It was like my little cookie. I didn't expect to get a cookie, but Gold I got one. Gold star, like the one. Like, I was like, like the warm the cookie. One I was like, I'm not beating Odessa, but, like. Yes, right? <laughs> But but you're there, and it's like that's to what be, matters. To be, I would say like who the fuck? Just kidding. I'm looking. I'm staring. I'm just kidding. Is that um, the screaming tone? <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's like throwback to like the 70s. Literally. Um, to be thrown in with such amazing acts just shows not only like to your credibility, but like the notoriety that not only the people on the front end as far as fans, but also like industry people and like label people and like. Universal Music Group and all of this stuff like has just this underlying overwhelming I would just say like heart of support for not only what you've done you you've created your own lane very simply put Thank and you. and I think that just how we were discussing earlier people like Grant Grizz Omar more Kismet mm-hmm. icons icons icon hello um Great, like I said, great company to be mentioned with. I love both of them so much. And they're sweethearts. And I just think that there's this whole lane opening where a lot of people are looking at 
you and other artists like yourself and saying this is realistic, this is possible. This is queer yeah. is most important. It's very queer. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I always say, um, well, one, with Grant specifically, I... I will never be able, like, words will never be able to thank him enough for even just his, even before we made Medusa, like, his co-sign as a friend was so, like, spe special for me because I was a huge Chris stan. We would, we would drive Detroit, everywhere. Detroit. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm from northern Michigan, so we would go everywhere to see Chris. And to then, like, have his, first off, Grant, like, met me when I didn't even know how to use CDJs. I was using, like, a mix track, Newmark mix track Pro 3, just... You know, doing what doing what I had to do because that's what I knew. And Grant somehow saw something in me from way I wasn't even like comfortable with my gender identity or anything to like where it is now. I just know he is so proud. So I it's a glow up. It's a hundred percent a glow up. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, but um, yeah, just like amazing company to be mentioned with. And I will say, when it comes to everything we've been doing this last year, like. When I think of Rekno, like my like crew, my dancers that I work with and make all these cool performances with, like they are Rekno as well. It is like it is we are all putting in work to try to do something that will make each big moment feel like, you know, special and not like, oh, they do this every time or they do like I don't know. It's really reinvigorated my love for performing and um honestly the scene in general. I feel like it's very similar to a producer kind of starting not only like a, a side project, but like developing this like love and passion again for something that makes you feel not only artistically fulfilled, but like happy to the core. Literally. And and I heard about the Rekno train for so long and I just never had the opportunity. Oh, the yeah. Train. We, we officially hopped on at Res Rocks last year. Love. Uh, week of Halloween. You know, you played direct support for her. Absolutely love Isabella. Um, you came out and for me, my jaw dropped. And I think there were a lot of people around me that had never really seen you perform. And, you know, it's Red Rocks and you pull out all the stops for Red Rocks. And you came out, the performers came out and all of us were just like, holy shit, Rekno is it. Like, this is not something that our industry really sees commonly. And you've really taken so many different influences from you know, what we were talking about earlier, Lady Gaga, pop, hip hop, dancing, the choreo, the looks, the brand. And you've put it all into this very cool thing that is just very you. I mean, you can't think of another artist out there and try and really batch them with what you're doing. And that's a very, very difficult thing in this day and age to successfully accomplish. So I want to know the background on just bringing dancers into the picture when you got the opportunity to say, you know, I've done all these DJ sets, I've done with all of these shitty ass audio guys, and I'm a vocalist myself. And you know, when they see an EDM show- oh, They didn't show, want to give me a microphone, dude. They no, were like, no. why do you need that? Why do you need that? It's an EDM show. This is my night off. I'm here to play video games. I'm not even clocked in. They go EDM, ha ha ha. Well, also, you're, if you're like a woman or also a, a queer person you don't know yeah, what you're they're doing. just gonna be like you're an idiot anyway so also i will say sometimes the most like the best compliments you get is from the random crotchety dudes you think are maybe a douchey sound guys and they're like that was great and Good then show. they're so <laughs> impressed literally yeah, and i'm like thanks dad like <laughs> you hear it in your in-ear monitor and they're like wow that was sick or like like tight show tight show, tight show. because Good they're job. not used to seeing that and and walk me through 
that transition from I've done the DJ sets, I've paid my time, I've, you know, done X, Y, and Z, and now I get to kind of have this creative freedom of this was my vision since day one. How do we make this happen and make this come to life? So, I mean, like... I started DJing in 2015. I'm super, I'm an avid, I will always be so in love with uh, bass music culture and, you know, everything it's brought into my life. Like, by all, most of my friend group and everyone I know, like my partner, I know through bass music, like, and my love for it. So it's just like, it's a, it's a way of life, honestly. Like, when you're like super into it, like, if, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't. But like, I had a lot of years where my friends and people who didn't understand in my life were just like, I guess he's like going do another festival, and you know, for a while it made no sense because I was maybe like booking it a little bit every now and again. Um, but eventually, I started, you know, DJing and just, uh, you know, I did some like, uh, like open deck competitions. There was the right people in the room. It, it sucks that I don't want to ever say the industry is. It's not all about who you know at all. It's about, it's about what you do, how you treat people. And who you impress too, because if you impress the right people by doing what you're passionate about, the doors just open. And that happened for me when I was, I mean, I was gay and out, but I wasn't like what you're seeing now. And I wasn't comfortable with myself yet. And, you know, I did a lot of, you know, shitty, you know, random shows where, as we all, you know, the, the all sound do. guys hate me. And um, I started rapping right before the pandemic hit. I had my first big moment on stage at Okeechobee with uh, G Space and Ruku. Love them both. Period. Tampa fam. I know them very the best, well. The best people Love ever. Them. And um, I had my first, like, they cut the music and I said, like, <laughs> the line is, you ain't serving bitch, you just look like a waiter. And the crowd fucking erupted and then we hit a pandemic. But that was like where the, I feel like where I was like, oh my God, I can do the performer thing and be a DJ. It's going to make sense. And slowly it's kind of now branched into, I'm going to fucking do choreo and give you a whole show, which is, I mean, I learned how to dance learning all of Lady Gaga's music videos in my room and like doing her tour set list like over and over from like 14 to 16. So I've been training for a while, um, but now I get to do it, which is amazing. I mean, it is amazing, and it definitely, like, attests to just your passion and just touching on what you said, you know. It's really difficult because I think a lot of aspiring producers or just people who haven't quite started their journey or found their way yet, gatekeeping tends to be this thing or networking tends to be this thing where it's like, it is, you know, and it is this and it is that. And I feel like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, the most the best relationships that have done the most for my career have been genuine people. That I didn't I have get to try with, literally even talking try. about Grant like that. I barreled into his life looking like a mess and he was just like, you're cool. Um, and it naturally we progressed to an awesome friendship and it never felt like I got to get there so I can impress him. And I think I always tell my friends who are in parts of their career where they're feeling stuck um, or they're looking for that label release or they're looking for that next thing that's going to validate. I, I understand it because I'm hungry for it. We're all hungry for that. But like the more you try to like chase after it, sometimes you can suffocate, like take the air out of the room worrying about it. And the most natural things come or the most the best things for you really come naturally and your people find you really. They absolutely do. And it's just really putting I think people say this all the time, but 
again, easier said than done, putting your trust in the process, putting your trust in the journey because that's a lot harder to do when you're broke as shit though. So I um, get it. That's very true. <laughs> this process is paying me dust. I'm not trusting this bitch as far as I could throw her. So talk about that though, because I think a lot of us, including myself, you know, when you're an artist and you're starting from scratch and you weren't maybe handed the deck of cards as somebody else, you have to bust your ass and it's like starting a motherfucking business and you have to invest in yourself for that to grow. And not just money, time. And I will say the first year, even like the the open deck competitions I was talking about, that happened in early 2019. The rest of 2019, I made zero dollars, but I said yes to fucking everything. I would call these, uh, they're the kind of gigs where you go for a hot dog and a handshake. And uh, and and then you and you get on your way. But if you do really, I did really good at those gigs. I always turned it out. I you know pop my pussy, and it. I made no money. I was broke as shit. I had to find a sugar daddy. Like it was a whole thing. But like, <laughs> I had to live in Vegas for a while. It was weird. Um, <laughs> Learning uh, all these things. Exactly. Today. I love, uh, I love. I'm an open book. Whatever you want to know. But um, it just. I um I understand when some people who are at the starting phase, they already have, well, I don't have this. I still am surprised I get paid at all sometimes. But some people, their worth is already there. And they're like, why am I not getting paid like at least a grand when you're kind of not, when you don't have notoriety? I sometimes try to remind my friends like, bitch, you have to say yes to these gigs that you hate or like- Put your time in. Put your time in and go, you know, do great. And- then you're going to get paid next time, hope, hopefully. <laughs> it does come full circle. It does. It takes the time it takes for every person. But I swear to you, the foundation I laid to what I get to do now is because I did a lot of shit for free. And just because I was like, I got to go. This is my path. I have to do this. Well, And it's your passion. And I think at the end of the day, if you really know that like a calling is your own and you're like, I can't see myself doing anything else. In I didn't graduate life. from high school. So like this was it. This, this was, was it. it. And I think that's. Honestly, a lot of how people like you and I sit where there is no plan B. Maybe you got to do side jobs. You got to do hustles and you got to yeah. do this and you got to do what you got to do in order to support. This yourself. is plan A. It but always has is, been. This is like, plan A. So yeah. that kind of makes you feral, too, because you're like, well, this has to work out. So you kind of you're like, I have to just do everything. <laughs> exactly. And it, it really makes it this kind of almost do or die situation. And you look at it and. When the passion is there, you're like, I, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make this work. And now you've done multiple headline tours, you know, so many amazing things of the lane that you've curated for a very special. I think people have always looked at the electronic dance music culture as as a safe place, kind of quote unquote, plur, you know, all of that fun stuff. However, with the commercialization of it, it really has grown to this thing where it's not always a safe space. And and the message that you communicate to your fan base is incredibly positive, loving, and inviting of a safe space. And I see that in the videos at the venues of parties that you do. You know, when you started headlining at first, you know, was it kind of these massive venues out the bout? Or did you start small and really oh, grow? We're still doing small venues. Like, I mean, it's definitely not. It was like other people's main shows that were huge that I would come in and do support, which also are really great for, like, there's markets I can't crack open really well. So, I'm like, go do this. Go do the, like, anybody else's show so it's on them <laughs> if it fails. Uh, but it literally, I mean, 
it it really has been like from small town dive bars in northern Michigan to like somehow main stage or like you know Tripoli Electric Forest or like Lollapalooza last year. It, it's really it's been a gradual climb. Um, but when it comes to just me as like a headlining artist, we're still you know building in all the markets that we can. And but they look like such a party. They oh, they are. They are party. Like They're good parties. Party. It, it is a party. Like we just played Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I was like so surprised. Like 500 people came, and I'm just like, I came in super. I I did Wakan Fest, but I was like, no, nobody's gonna push, fucking show up in Arkansas. And we had a packed ass room, and I was like, see, this is shit I don't expect. But then I'm also from a small town too, so I know if I if I had someone like me growing up, like Grant didn't come out and think until like 2017. And I was a stand, but if I had someone like super, super loud and gay in this seat, like I would have, I would have been about it. So and I have a feeling that people really traveled to see you as well. Someone said they came all the way from New York just to come see me here, and I was like, "Girl, period." See, like what? And isn't that crazy? Isn't I like don't even want to leave bed to walk to the fridge. Sometimes it's like bad. That's insane to me. Does it feel a bit like an out-of-body experience kind of seeing your project and your your just recno and your confidence and everything in general boil to this kind of tipping point? I keep waiting for someone to just, like, take it away. <laughs> Don't you feel sometimes that you're, like, You're, like, waiting for the joke? other shoe to drop sometimes. You're, like, uh, wait, I get to do this as my life and my... The last two years since the pandemic lifted, I've busted ass and done so many shows that now I'm aware, I understand the routine of it. But there are days like where me and my partner, you know, like we just have moments together where we're like, this is such a cool life. Like I don't under like I, I wouldn't want to do fucking anything else. This is what I set out to do since I was like younger. So, well, that's how you know you're in the right place. And let's Absolutely. talk about that, too, because I think in. EDM, you can become the quote-unquote touring mule very, very, very easily. Absolutely. And it's very hard to find time and balance to not only create, but maintain some sort of a cohesive, my life's not a hot mess kind of thing. It um, sucks. I always feel bad, like, because I'm touring so much. Like saying no. Well, I don't, I, I always, I say yes to a lot of stuff still, but I feel bad because my creativity, it comes in weird bursts, and once... Once I travel, like that week is shot kind of for me internally. Like I unless someone else is like I'm collaborating or some someone's like really pushing for it. Like I I've just been taking a huge break on like but hammering. You need breaks. You need breaks. You do. My break has been like <laughs> I guess it, it's not been as long as it feels internally, but it's just been like probably like three months now. But we did just sign a record deal, which was sickening. So can can you give some details? Yes, not quite I, yet. I okay, okay. Can. talk, talk, talk. Um, so I just signed a record deal with uh, it's it's called Helix Records. It's not Helix Studios. Um, gays know, uh, but they um, they're it's pretty much so I so I didn't graduate high school. I never went to college. I've been telling people it sounds more glamorous than it probably is, but it's like I got my first student loan to make art. That's that's essentially what it is. That's honestly so badass. I love it. I love it, and it's it's really cool as a vocalist to now be like. You know, you work with all your base friends or, you know, people in the industry that see what you're doing. And our scene is so niche, like when it comes down to the grand so niche. scheme of music. Like we are a tiny, tiny little uh, like sub thing of music. But when you 
are super into it. All these other artists see you, you know, you, they want to work with you. It's natural you get to work with people. And you end up knowing absolutely everyone. everyone. I feel like everybody in, I know in the scene is here today or yesterday. But this is my first time going out to L.A., uh, there's setup studio sessions where they're like real hey, record deal, That's a, a record deal where they're like, deal. we yeah. put you in here. Like I walked into the first studio and it's like got Steve Aoki's boneless plaque on the wall. Like it was the room they made boneless in. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, it, it's just crazy. But they put you in rooms with people like writers, um, producers. You have a whole team now. Yes. Um, but uh, sometimes things don't shake out. Sometimes you, it's, it's a little weird, honestly. You get, you're kind of just meeting a bunch of random people, but like, you're just like, okay, like hope, hope we vibe. And, um, my whole experience has been great. Uh, there's some sickening writers. They keep, um, there was like one who just wrote for Beyonce, which was insane. And I was like, it, see that shit I would never be able to do just on my own. So it has been very um, eye-opening and I get why people move to LA now like to grind. <laughs> 100%. I feel like LA is one of those places where you have to be okay with paying like $14 for a can of peanut butter. And I'm but not. I like having money so I will never live in LA. I don't like cutting my paychecks in half. So. But you're still in Detroit, right? So Detroit, Detroit is close. Yes. So kind of going back to this whole thing, I've I've talked to individuals where kind of the bass music scene and just electronic dance music in general, I think is not as, not necessarily not as open, but it's not as conducive to a very collaborative environment where you're in a room of 20 people and you've got five oh. producers and 15 writers and a few lyricists. No, and our some scene performers. looks down on like yes. anything that feels like uh, someone had help or someone. Or someone wrote this for yes, you. Yes, uh, but the real, I don't want to say the real music industry, I get, I understand because I have several friends with uh, that mentality as well. Um, but I see I'm a collaborator. I love working with people. The more minds, the better. Yes. That's how I always look at Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But I understand our scene has a very, I don't, I'm not going it, to, it's, there's certain parts of the scene Childish. that are super Childish. elitist. Love it. And it's like, I don't know. Like I just, I am a very unconventional person and my, my project's unconventional and I want to work with like, I want to work with the best fucking writers you of music if I can. in a room that you feel like you're the smallest person there because that's how you're going to grow. Yeah, yeah better. Absolutely. And for me, I'm a right, like all, a lot of my bro friends, they're amazing, but they're not writing lyrics really. They're making sick bass music that like, with the sound, like the uh, like sound design, like I I can't touch it. Like I don't know I suck how to. At sound I, design. I suck at it, but like I'm really I have an ear. I love to produce my simple little beats and then work with other people and get them to like a slapping state. And it's just like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just like drowning out the elitist shit because like. Here I'll ask this, so it's recorded. Okay. She she asked, um, like. And I and I'm gonna piggyback on that. She asked how how does it make feeling po like lyricist poetic stuff into music into bass music slappers. But also I want to know like your process in writing lyrics because you've always been a lyricist. Yes. Um. So I started writing when I was like 15, and like now it's very like uh, when I work with other people, it's been like you know sometimes I'll have little like ideas that come to me on a plane or like as I'm sleeping just wake up write it down I will say whenever you have bursts of inspiration if you're a creative person like even if it's a reminder to like about an idea Voice take memos. it because that is something somewhere telling you it's like a cue you have to take it when it comes and um I love I love writing I've I've been really obsessed with um 
this is really random, but Melanie Martinez lately. Yes. And yes, the yeah, way that yeah. she like, I, me and my boyfriend are obsessed and she tells stories with her music. She, it's like a whole thing, but like, I just, I'm like at a point where with poetry specifically, like I want to start working more in that realm and being a little bit more uh, open and uh, playful with like, more of an artsy side because I mean let's be real I'm usually like I drop ass I shake ass like <laughs> you know like I'm like I don't know if that's like a haiku or anything but <laughs> you want like the jazz snaps yes. like the, the like these at the end right which them. I do have a uh, poetry but I, I guess I haven't used like poetry in my songs that much but I I mean I make my little raps and shit <laughs> which I love do you do you take that kind of from you know I think you're really great at writing really fucking catchy hooks. If you, you if you look at a lot of your songs, you know, everybody knows every single word. Aww. And that's not, it's not a simple thing to do, I think, especially when you're not in a room full of writers and you're just... You're just hoping, you're just throwing shit at Hope a wall, hoping it off. sticks, yeah. honestly. Um, do you take that kind of from personal experience, personal stories, kind of like chip on your shoulder kind Absolutely. of Absolutely. Okay. Some of the shit, for sure. Like, I mean, if I had a fucking dollar for every, like dude in this scene or industry that's like said negative things behind my back or like you know just uh, not got it they just didn't get it i and can't imagine yeah i know you can my girl well um, I, I can a little bit because <laughs> well, i'm also a female sitting here uh, but, that's what i mean that's but, what i mean but but you have the uphill obstacles those things the best thing to do with those kind of anger is to write about it oh, i don't need to say that person's name social security number address or like anything like that but I can like subtweet via my music and be like, "Fuck you! I know I'm worth it." It's the best way to do it, and then Absolutely. you you know go platinum. You and just you're ball like, it up, Bitch. put it there, and then it's done. And it's it's the perfect creative outlet because I think there's so many things in life, and there's so many things that happen in this industry where I think you and I can relate a bit. Where it is quite an uphill battle. It is. Um, you really have to just kill them with kindness, and you have to throw that over your shoulder. You catch more flies with honey. I love it. I love it. That's that's honestly such. My manager up. says that to me every time really? I'm about to have a bitch fit. So that's what it's a, re a repeat. Shout out thing. artist managers. Yeah, they really come in clutch. Literally. Um, okay, so we kind of have covered a little bit of your writing process. I wanna know the future of the project. I wanna I wanna kind of dive into you're really an accumulation of so many different melting pots that have become you and now your own. You're you know, you're your own melting pot. Um Who's hungry? Who's hungry? Love it. Um, just, you know, you're doing a huge tour in the midst of a huge tour, you know, headlining. There's like all of two tours happening right it, now. I'm like, what yeah, the fuck? I know. I know. And I have a feeling it's not stopping anytime soon. I got like one month off this year, so. Woo! Rip, rip, rip. Really enjoy that month. I will. You sleep a lot. I will not be moving. I love it. I love it. Bring, bring breakfast to bed. Absolutely. You know, 100%. Um, album. Um, you know, record label deal. You so know, I feature. wanted to hold off on an album because I well, it's my first record deal. We really wanted to feel out the whole process, and so far it's been amazing. But we're doing it's like a as you go thing where like I'm gonna start with where there's maybe an EP that's being worked on, and a lot of my favorite when I someone I use as a reference was like Ash Nico, who I'm like super obsessed with. Um, and like she waited a while to do an album and like if you just you can get some like fire like coverage with just like 
you know, short and sweet EPs that really just like present who you are. That as are an conceptual artist. to your Absolutely. Vision. And we're it's kind of like an as you go thing. We're gonna feel it out after the first one, see if we keep going and keep moving forward. But like all I will say is that the further we keep going, the crazier the performances are gonna get, the crazier the music videos are gonna get. And yeah, like there's so my I have to just shout out my manager, David, like there's so much intention by us and our team. Like, and he's also a gay boy. That's why I stuck with him. Cause I was like, I will not be talking to a straight man every day. Fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, it was the best thing I could have ever done because I have a queer person who is super radical and also works in this industry like hardcore, such a good worker, but then also likes the same shit as I do and wants to push the same boundaries. And we're always just like, okay, what can we do next? That So like right now we're working on the like big gay soiree is like our branded thing. But we're working on a show where we can incorporate drag queens um, and have them do numbers in between each DJ act. So which would be iconic. So it's just like slowly building on, on all of the stuff we we're getting to do already. And I can't wait until the day when you have your own festival and it's just oh, this girl. thing that no one has ever seen. Like it's going to be, are you, I mean, obviously you kind of, we've talked about this a lot, melting pots, kind of pop, electronic, dance, hip hop, all of that all stuff. Of are you going to be stepping a bit more, I would say, out of this base orientated lane to maybe a different little pocket, working with the label, going in this pop lane. So, like, I, um, so my like love for bass music will never be gone. So, there is always going to be influences from where I'm came from and everything. But I'm also very open to like, you know, working with these new producers who do produce for like, you know, pop stars and shit. Cause, like, I, like that's so new that's like what I wanted to do my whole life so it's just like one of those things where like I, I so that's the new song I played today it's called DL with Jordan Moody I played it near the beginning of my set that's something that is like from me and someone I love in the bass community like by us with our vibe but it came from like this scene like that shit will absolutely still be included in my projects coming up so like I think I'll always have like that edge to me but I I want to make pop music too. <laughs> like, so Absolutely. I'm open to all of it. And I think you're just the perfect person to kind of go back and forth where you can do the soul fest, but then you can also do the lalas and Absolutely. the bonnaries. And Which, and you know, you have to read the room at these other things where nobody knows who you are, you know, like you have to play some of the more stuff that people might, you know, be aware of. And how do you approach sets like that to really kind of encaptivate people who aren't again, aware of you and then kind of twist it on and be like, this is who I fucking am. So I would say my favorite, I do like doing the more, some of the more mainstream ones sometimes because you can go more poppy with it. And I don't even care. Cause I'm like, well, some people in this crowd probably do know this song. And then I can like, if it's like a super heady dubstep crowd, like they maybe, I don't know. Everybody liked Lady Gaga today when I played it, right? So it's Always. like, there's no actual rules, but like sometimes I've opened for like super heavy dubstep people and I have a really wide range of tastes and I think my least favorite is trying to appease like dubstep kids, I guess. Because I, I, be I love heavy shit in increments, but I, like that's not what I'm giving all the time. So there's just, there's just times when I'm like... Well, and I always feel like that kind of like wonkier, like underground bass like experimental yeah, big saw waves, trap, like, like gorilla kind of stuff is is always the best and i know when you kind of started you were really big into trap 
And you oh, were really yeah. big into that kind of stuff. Still, I will always love trap music. Holy shit. Did you ever feel like, did you feel like you kind of made beats to always compliment your vocals? Or Absolutely. did you kind of take a moment and you're like, I'm going to really try and get good at the beat making process? Or did that come with collaboration? So I would say with like bigger songs like Honey Drip or like, um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Like they're like, so ones where it's like just me producing would be like Honey Drip and like Delusional and shit. Like there's just certain ones where like the vocals are going to be the forefront. So, which is, I'm really good at making kind of like simple beats, like simple trap beats and shit like that, that, like are fire to me and I love rapping over. Um, but I also still, like I always have more to learn in production. We all do though. But I also am doing a lot of different things too. So I've just, I've, I've learned to be a lot lighter on myself about what I don't know. And I also, I will say like super future. I will, <laughs> that's my fucking boy. Love, love, and love. he is such a guiding light in my life. Like I can always call him and ask him like, just questions I have. He's he's pretty much my engineer. Like he helps me mix and master most of my music. So like, he's just like, that's daddy. I love him. And like, it. It, it's really about like the people you have around you who like see what you're trying to do and like love you and love you for you and like see the worth that you have and find like staying with those people <laughs> essentially. Talking about a support system. Yes. When everything kind of started to happen and. You know, just in this industry in general, I think if you don't have those people saying, hey, reality check, hey, reality check, you can get lost very easily, lose yourself, lose your goals and everything else in between. You know, it seems like you have a pretty tight crew that you keep close to you. I do. Let's let's shout those people out. And I want to talk about how they've kind of been there for you in all of this, because not only have you had a huge uphill battle. Mm -hmm people come into the picture the more successful you get oh without and a doubt like hey you, hey you have to do a lot more like paying attention to like who's genuine and then like it's not no new friends because we love making new friends but it's like you're like more uh like so appreciative of the ones who've been there from the low points and the high points and all like the best people in your life like don't give a shit that i'm like they they won't care what you do they're just like love you and are super like they're your people. And I will say like my success definitely like leans on all the people who've supported me and been like that foundation while I was like finding my footing for sure. That's so exciting. Shout out like Arlie and Derek and all the dancers and <laughs> super future and his wife. She's my landlord. Um, <laughs> shout out super Bay. She's an icon. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay. Before I let you go, I get a little bit of a flash round with you. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Even though I end up talking a shit ton every time after you answer. All right. So, favorite festival you've played in the last year? Electric Forest. Yes. Oh, my God. First festival of my life. I ruined it for myself. Also me. It's my oh, first one. Yes. Yes. Um, I would say favorite two venues on your last headline tour. Not the, not the current one. Not the current one. Last headline Think of tour. complete parties that you walked away and you were just like, whoa, that was like popping. Oh, fuck. I know. These Shit. are hard. I'm, like, I'm it's sorry. Such I should have prepared you. It's such a blur. Let's, let's just say two favorite venues. Oh, well, I love. will say a big shouts to ATL Aisle 5. We had a two-nighter that was just so rowdy during Pride Weekend. Um I would say that. And then, I don't know. There's a, a, Other World in Columbus is also very sick. They love it. They're in the crowd. Um, 
Favorite thing you put on your rider? Tequila. Tequila. What's what's your choice of tequila? Uh, I like to keep George Clooney in business, so Casamigos. Um, <laughs> no, but I will say my favorite thing that's like, I just always usually ask for like, uh, these are like not must-haves. I'm not like freaking out if I don't have it. These are like if they want to, but a disposable camera is great to make memories in new places. So I usually, yeah, if they have like a little disposable, I have like eight at the house right now that need to be developed, but. That's good, they'll always be there. Absolutely. Two pieces of and advice. And they will always be there because I'm never going. Just kidding. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> They'll be there till the end. Um, two pieces of advice for individuals who want to be doing just what you're doing in the future. Things you wish you told yourself when you were coming up. Don't listen to, well, one, don't listen to Twitter. Two, don't listen to, like, a, like, I let, I let, like, other, uh, kind of like sound, the sound boy, like, Oh, you know, elitist Twitter mindset of all, all these, it was all these like dudes and producers I love and look up to, but like sometimes their takes on how there's no right way to fucking make music. That is like, like there's the right ways to get things sounding right, but like creativity, there's no fucking rules. So I think something that really deterred me was not feeling like I was worthy of uh, making music when I didn't understand things and like just throw that shit out. Like that shit's not helping you to not learn. Like everybody learns at their own pace. And, um, and also just like, don't listen to anybody who's like, doesn't get it. Like they, they don't want to get you at all and they're never going to. So just like stick with the people who it's not a question, like what you're doing. They, they're, they get it. Yeah, exactly. In this industry, it's very easy to let all of these outside voices get in your head. And then you're like, this is fucking with my vision. And it just gets to a point where, also, just piggybacking on what you're saying, I think in our industry, a lot of producers produce for other producers. Oh, without a doubt. Instead of like, and make it this whole technical thing instead of like, hey, I'm just making fucking music that people can dance to. Yeah. I think also, too, I see another thing I would say is like, don't like, some people hold on to music for so long that it, they, and they never release it. That's one thing I see some of my friends go through where they just like, like, be like, uh, allow yourself to let go of things and to finish things and be like, hey, I maybe don't like this mix or like this version of it. It's not how I felt at the beginning, but like it's doing you no favors by sitting in your fucking computer until you pass away. Like that. So that's one thing I will always say, like get your shit out there regardless of how you feel about it. Last one. Facts, facts. Uh, I know this is a difficult question. Um, If you had to choose, what is your favorite song you've ever released? My favorite song I've ever released. Embodies everything of you in that current era. I would say, honestly, like, Delusional last year was probably, like, well, so I, that whole EP, um, I started making music with my brother and my mom when I was, like, 15, and we wrote that whole thing together in my brother's house, like, from January to June when it came out. And he, like... I wrote Delusional, I produced most of it, and then my brother like came in and put some ear candies in there and like helped like structure the beat. Um, shout out Dakota, I love you, you're my favorite person in the world. But um, like that was like a full labor of everything. We, we would just remake fucking like um, the Cataracts and Dev songs in our like, oh in our bedrooms and like try to make like weird pop music in and 2011. I've, I've, yeah, I've worked with Dev, which is insane. Um, For Lollapalooza. 
Bitch, that was ins- oh my god, I, I forget that that happened. That was insane. Um, but like to then be like, oh, we uh, then you know, ten years later made like this thing and doing the same thing we started doing, but for like my project and like it's just that's where my heart is making music with him. So I would say probably delusional. That holy p honestly is like everything to me. I love it. Rekno, you're such a light, an icon, an inspiration to a lot, a lot of people. You can never forget that. Oh, thank you. I could talk to you forever. Thank you so much for coming on I say we can keep going. Just <laughs> Bitch, let's go. <laughs> thank know, you guys so much. Thank you, Lizzie. I, I've been wanting to do this. I know. So. We've done it. We've done it. We've thank done you. it. Thank, thank you guys, you guys so guys. much for coming in, chipping in. Applaud, applaud. Woo! We did it.